my name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Zen Parenting Radio. Multiple topics coming at you. Jam-packed show. It's going to be a good one, right? Yes. All right. So I'm going to give you my two sons. I've been watching that HBO show, The Girls. Or no, it's just it's called... It's not The Girls. It's just called Girls. It's just called Girls. Freaked me out a little bit, and I'm going to explain why. Okay. Uh, number two, um, I'm struggling with one of our daughters regarding screen time and how to negotiate screen time. And I don't even think it's just about one of our daughters. I think that it's a overall conversation about, and I don't think this will be the only time we talk about this. No, I, and we have talked about this right. before. An ongoing discussion about um, technology and how to feel. Um, obviously, it's something that is wonderful and that you know they can learn from, but also not to make it their go-to at all times. Right. Um, number three, you're going to talk about the ISATs. Yeah, and report cards. I wanted to just do a quick couple minutes talking about that. Um, the girls brought home the report cards last week. Don't get into it yet. Why? Because I got one more teaser. Okay. Um, and then at the end of the show, we have a guest. Yes, we do. M- my dentist. Our dentist. Our dentist. My friend. Okay. I, I, he'll be our friend. He's for now. my friend. His too. name is John Kelly, and he's been my dentist for a long time. And he's part of this new um, collection of different doctors and dentists. A collection of different professions, all people who are trying to help children behaviorally, physically, emotionally. And so instead of having to go to all these different doctors, he's in this collective um, or group of doctors. And it has to do with breathing and your airway. So if you ever have any concerns about your kids with their, you sleeping. know, if they're getting enough sleep or if they're sleeping comfortably or whatever. So we are going to interview him at the end of the show. And there's actually a symposium or something you can go to in Chicago on Friday, March 8th. And we'll talk about that at the, at end, the end of the show. show. So let's start talking about your ISAC. Okay. So, well, I want to talk about report cards and testing real briefly because it just so happens here where we live in Chicago, the test testing is happening this week for third and fourth graders. And last week, my girls brought home their report cards. So if you're on trimesters, you may have just gotten report cards. And I just want to say a few things about, because I think it can be a really tense time. And we have, and it's a time to be really conscious of what we're saying to our kids. Um, and it, it's funny because it just so happens that we watched the Mighty Ducks the other night. Remember did, the Mighty I, Ducks? I remember. I've never seen it because you watched. I it watched with it with the girls. the girls. You were gone. But quack quack, and they loved it, and they could not believe that Joshua Jackson is like my age. Isn't Emilio Estevez in that? Yes. And so he's, but he's, you know, like what, 10 or 15 years older than us. Yes. And then Joshua Jackson, maybe he's a little younger than us, but he was the kid, Charlie. Pacey. Pacey, right, from Dawson's Creek. Anyway, so I showed them a picture of what he looks like now, and they're like, no way. Because, you know, they accept it for right now. Right. They think it just just, just happened. But one of the things that happens in that movie, if you don't remember, is at the very beginning, the coach says, and this is the Emilio Estevez character as a kid, and his coach says to him, he's very focused on winning, and he says, if you don't hit this shot, not only are you going to disappoint yourself, but you're going to disappoint this team, you're going to disappoint me, and of course, he misses. He misses. Now, at the end of the movie, he gets an opportunity to help a kid who has, what's that final shot called in hockey? The shootout? A shoot, uh, yeah. Penalty shot? Yeah, penalty shot. He gets the opportunity to talk to a kid who's about to do a penalty shot, and he says it completely different. How does which he say is, it? Well, he says, you know what? I know you can do this. I believe in you, but go have fun. Do your best, and whatever happens, we'll handle it. Mm. And, it, and you know, he just feels so good about what he's saying, and Charlie takes it, and of course, it's a movie, so, you know, we all know he what happens. It. So Sorry if I ruined the Mighty Ducks for you. No, no, that's interesting, but though. my point in telling you that is I feel like that's similar to report cards and testing, is that if, you, if your kids bring home a report card and you focus on what they didn't do and you focus on fear and you focus on telling them what they did wrong and um, 
and if they're going into a testing situation and you focus on you better do this right, you better get to bed on time, you you know, if you don't do this, you're not going to do well and you better do this, you're sending them into a really tense situation. Right. And I think that we have to uh, finally like come together and agree that those though that kind of motivation doesn't work. Right. Maybe it worked for you once or twice, maybe and so you say, "Oh, well, it works for me." But really Deep down, you know that that causes more fear, more anxiety, more concern, more worry, and that doesn't help the process. And I bring this up because, obviously, it's happening right now, and I wanted to offer a few other things that we can do. Okay. Number one, when report cards come home, instead of saying, you know, why did you get this grade or, or whatever, you can actually say to them, tell me about this. Mm. Tell me about your report card. Get, ask an open-ended ask question. Ask open-ended. So instead of being like, oh, you've got an A, it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, here's a B. What, what's the problem? Or here's a C. Say, go through this and tell me about your report card and where mm. things are. Yeah, because last night when I was going through it, I took the lead and right. she was like the reactionary person exactly. and I was the person creating the discourse. Well, and it was interesting because I was listening to you guys and this is why I bring this up. And you didn't do anything wrong. It's not like I'm going to pick everything apart, but you were saying things like, oh, last time you got an S plus. Right. I was Why'd you her. get an S minus? Right. And I'm thinking to myself, like, for example, um, she got an S um, instead of an S plus with, um, with uh, band. And I've been telling her to relax mm. and to just practice before bed and enjoy it and embrace her instrument instead of make it this stressful thing. And so maybe she hasn't had the same amount of minutes, but she actually enjoys her her viola now. Right. So actually, do it's I, called viola. I know. So do I really care if it's an S or an S plus, or do I care more about the fact? that she's actually enjoying her instrument where last semester she wasn't. Right. Do you kind of get my point? I do get your point. Where if we focus just on the letter or the number or the um, just the letter. The process. Focus on the process instead of the result. And that's the other piece is we're really – when the girls come home that's uh, and do homework, and I think most of us are like this, but I'm really with them as they're doing homework. And as long as what's coming home they're getting done and, and things are kind of progressing smoothly – the grade isn't the end-all, be-all. Again, I'm not saying that you don't care or that you don't say, well, you know, this was different than last semester. Tell me about that. You need to keep the discussion going. But I think the comparison of you need to do better or this could be better or why wasn't this whatever, it, it's just intense. Mm -hmm. It's going for that 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 shot in a hockey game where you just feel anxious and fearful. Right. And um, I think we just have to keep an open communication about it. Um and then, oh, like testing this week. One other thing I wanted to offer, because I could go on and on about this. Yes. But the girls have, or uh, JC has testing this week. And really all I've said to her is, relax, take a deep breath when you need one. And this morning in the car she said, I can't because it's timed. I don't have time. I go, JC, believe me. Mm -hmm. If you can relax, close your eyes, and take a deep breath, it'll help you in the big picture. Don't concern yourself so much with, with the, the time. Clock, yeah. Because that's what the teachers are, and they have to do this, but they're giving them a lot of anxiety around, you've, you know, you've got to get it done in this much time. Relax. And I told her that I'd think about her today, I'd send her good thoughts, and to just just do, hang tough. Do the best she do can. Do the best she can. So I guess my point is, is, is if we can lessen the anxiety around report card time and testing time, we're going to see the benefit of that in many ways, in their demeanor and their ability to keep talking to us about these things and in how we feel about what we're saying to them. Okay. Two thoughts. Okay. Uh, regarding these standardized tests that they do, um, that, the, that the state does. Yes. Um, we, I don't know if it's from the school or from just them and her internally, but she's already created her own stress around it. Yes. And are you having a problem with the mic? Yeah, sorry. Here, it's, let's it's move the, the mic. The cord is weird. 
Okay, thank you. Is that better? That's better. Okay, okay. there it goes. <laughs> okay. Good. Are you better now? Okay, it keeps moving. Quit moving. Okay, it. go ahead. Okay. So there's a lot of stress already built up around it. Yes, and we should not be a part of that stress. Right. My point is they are getting it either from the school or from themselves. They More stress is not going to help the situation. And us as parents um, sometimes decide that we have to kind of gear up and get them ready and, and all that. They're, they already feel yeah. the edge. Right. You don't need to make that edge even sharper. So right. give them... Exactly. The tools that you just gave are all really good tools. Are you going to hold that cord the whole time? No, go Just ahead. let it be. Okay. Very good. Okay. Now just don't touch it. Thank you. You're freaking me out here. Okay. Um, secondly, on the report cards, um, I try my best to give as much uh, effort and energy towards the things that she's doing really well. It's it's so easy to focus on this, you know, a bunch of B's and then the C. Like, oh, why'd you get the C? Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on, the, on all the B's. Or all you, the A's and you the You got B. all the A's and then a B. Right. And I think we as parents, at least I do, it, it takes an effort for me not to focus on the one thing right. that's going wrong. But if I can create some awareness of that before going in, I really like your idea of instead of doing what I did last night, which was me going through, because first of all, there's like 45 different things. I know. Like check marks and pluses and minuses and S's and A's and B's and M's. Um, it's, it's your, your tactic is better saying, here's your report card. Tell me about Tell it. Tell me about it. And this. let them go through it with mm-hmm. you versus what I did last night, which was I took control. I said, and I tried my best to focus on as much good as, as, mm-hmm. I, as the, the blemishes on the report card. But I think a lot of parents kind of focus on just the negative because, I don't know, it's easier or well, quicker or And, and the or thing what? that's important, again, we talk about self-awareness on the show a lot. And, and the, you have to be aware of where you are before you go into this discussion. And you have to be aware of what you're most concerned about. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we get into these things with grades and tests and everything and we're like, it has to be this way. And if they don't do this, then this will mean this. And you have to question those belief systems. Is that true? If, is her getting a B, does it really mean anything? Because I'll tell you something. She may have been getting, and I will talk about all my girls with their grades, they may have been getting um, you know, a higher grade last semester or a year ago, or they were, had higher testing, but they couldn't stand what they're doing. Right. Where now they go to the library and they get books and they love reading, and then maybe it's not a plus, but it's a minus, but what do I care? Right. As long as they are doing, as long as I'm seeing that they're embracing it, enjoying it, appreciating and taking part of in, in things in school and being conscientious with their homework, we got to get off of it needs to look this way. Well, and I think we'll close with this. At least this is my take. It's just a slippery slope because JC's in fourth grade, Cameron's in second, second grade, and then we got a preschooler. And if you start giving it this kind of intense attention, mm-hmm. it's just going to get worse and worse as they get older. Right. So try your best to enjoy the ride as long as they're doing their best. Because if you're always pushing them to do it a little bit better, 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 what does that mean? You're never going to be at peace with their academics. Well, and let me say this. They are never going to be at right. peace. We're not. If we're not, that means they're not. We are teaching them. They, If we can motivate them if we can help them understand intrinsically like for example one other tip i've gone through with um jc because this is the first year she's gotten grades because mm-hmm. cameron's still getting m's and e's and stuff and explained what those grades mean if you're getting an a this is what they're thinking if you're getting a b if you're getting a c so she knows what the grades mean so i don't have to sit there and say it should be this way it shouldn't be this way do you really believe that you're you know oh this 
is this is above average. D- does this feel like the place where you belong in this mm-hmm. class? Does this feel like what you understand? Is there anything I can do to help you? Right. Um, and then if it's lower than that, you know, this is like an average score. Right. So do you feel like like this happened with some, you know one of her tests where mm-hmm. we were like, now this isn't typically what you get. Right. So tell me, is there something that we can help you with rather than focus on the grade has to be different because there's so much that goes into that grade. And I'm a lot more concerned on that report card about what that teacher is saying about them as a person. Right. Helping in class, be, being a good listener, being conscientious about their homework. You know, those are the kind of comments where I'm like, okay, I have someone who enjoys learning. Well, and I think this is a good um, time to look at yourself and why do we put any pressure um I get the best way for me to explain this is an ex, is an example. I have moments where I'm in ego or where I'm in a place of worry and I see a C when I think it should be a B and really fast forward 8 years when they mm-hmm. go to college like I'm worried already about paying for college. Right. So eight so instead of just enjoying it and being supportive and letting them you know, fail a little bit and hopefully have them intrinsically motivated to and be a good a student. And is it a fail? See, that's even, I'm questioning your words. Okay, well, you know what I mean. I do, but I'm, you know, you know me. Cut me some slack. Okay, go ahead. So, it, you lo- I lost my train of thought. No, you're, you're looking ahead to college. Right, is so it- it's just a disservice to the present moment. Why don't we figure out a way to enjoy being supportive to our children instead of me worrying about when they turn 18 and whether or not they're going to get a scholarship because I'm so freaked out about college tuitions and everything else. Exactly. So I'm I, when I'm in a good place, when I'm not in a place of worry, I'm just going to be supportive and not put that type of pressure on her to do it. I mean, it's just it, it's it's a um, it's a disservice to my relationship, it's a disservice to her. Exactly. And if you've already got all those things in place where the girls come home, they do their homework, they know that comes first, they understand that we're on top of it, they understand that things need to be shown to us, as does their teacher, they know that when they didn't do well in something, they can talk to us. So it's not like you're not setting those boundaries of the importance. But when it comes to that final grade or that final test score, is that that where we're going to put all of our energy? Right. And I think most of us do. And I think there are times when I do... And I need to take a deep breath and mm-hmm. having a and and create some space in between because if that that's always going to be my initial reaction. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean I have to let that out. And if I can create some space and give that you know give her some room to um, you know try to enjoy school to breathe and enjoy learning. Yes. Amen. And here's the thing: we live in Chicago. We're in a suburb, though, and I know that in the Chicago school district, to, there is a lot more pressure because right. of getting into a school and so a lot of people who listen to us are there and I know you have a different system there and I want to be conscious of that but at the same time you've gonna you have to figure that into the balance too meaning it doesn't mean then you just go fear and you Mm -hmm. just go pressure because in the long run even if they get into that great school you want them to get in if they are flailing and and pushing themselves and not enjoying life it's that's not good well it's funny because we focus on grade points after you're you know when you're done with high school what's your grade point and what did you get in your ACT and what did you get in your SAT like I hope that my girls don't even know what a great point average is <laughs> until they get it. I know. And I hope they don't, because if we start talking about the ACT or the SAT when we're, when these kids are 12 or 13 years old, talk about, I mean, you talk about the penalty shot. Mm-hmm. How much pressure I know. is that kid going to feel the night before the test oh, I know. if they started hearing about this right. 10, 10 years ago? I know. So forget about Panic it. Panic attacks and anxiety t- attacks. Exactly. And these kids put them, their own pressure. We don't need to put more on. And I don't know. And bottom line is, is that grades 
and your ACT score, your SAT score, do not indicate or dictate the happiness of your life. Right. They are a piece of what Todd and I call in our, our home the game of school. Mm-hmm. And we don't call it the game of school to, to disregard it or disrespect it. Actually, you and I keep going to school. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore school. But it's to demonstrate that this is a game you need to play. You need to do your homework. You need to study for a test. You need to do these things. But it does not dictate who you are. Mm-hmm. And so there's that separation where our kids aren't suction cupped yeah. to their whatever grades they get is who they are. There's a little separation and that's all i'm trying to, to well to discuss. and you know we talk about these test scores getting into a good college because they get into a good college and then they get then they get a good job like it's so what if you know if it's at the expense of their happiness like if i could push my kids and give them a much better chance maybe of getting into a better college but does that really mean they're going to be any better of a person well that's my point better college doesn't equal happier life and neither does a better job no. like it's just And we've made these connections. It's great. If all those things happen naturally, where your kid has a great self-concept and they do great in school and they find a college they love and it happens to be Harvard, and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But though Harvard doesn't equal happy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a higher... Didn't we hear that there's a higher suicide rate at Stanford than any other university? Mm-hmm. And this is the second best university in the... You know, doesn't that give us an indication of the, the kind of pressure kids are put under? So... I, again, for many of you who have young kids, this may be irrelevant, but keep it in mind. No, I think this is when you want to hear it. Yeah, keep it in mind that you want to be connected to the to their school and communicate with their teacher, and you want to be an active mm-hmm. participant, but you do not want to be the coach in the Mighty Ducks who says, if you miss this, we're all going to be disappointed, and you're going to hate yourself, and that doesn't do them any service. True that. Amen. All right. Our first partner, Helping Hands Made Services, uh, the owner is Gosha. She's a friend of ours also. we got a lot of great friends. We do. Well, they become friends through business. It's great. And we're going to uh, highlight her in our newsletter this week. So okay, check cool. out um, her webpage and everything else. We're going to put it in the newsletter. And they do made services all over the western suburbs of Chicago. So give yourself an extra few hours a week or a month and get your house cleaned by some amazing people who... Take it very professionally and do a wonderful job. Take it very professionally, you just said. You know what I mean. Take it and very so do they. Ser- okay, do you guys know? Yeah. So what's the website? Helping Hands Made Services, 630-530-1324. Okay. Number two. All right. Te- technology or girls? I always like to talk about girls. Okay. Girls. Remember that Beastie Boys song? S- yes. I love Beastie Boys. You know, I'll girls, tell you a quick girls, story. Girls. Um, in college... You know, we played music, and the music was um, to make sure the girls get on the dance floor. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, we used to bring our own uh, tape. Yeah, and <laughs> m- the songs that I liked were not the good ones that the girls liked. Of course not, because you so were listening to the doors. I put in my tape, and <laughs> nobody was dancing. Like... And then my friend Petey Harlenbachus put on Girls by the Beastie Boys, uh-huh. and everybody went nuts. Dun, 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 I know, dun, and I've just realized dun. that how weak I was at playing good music at yeah. parties. Yeah, well, Doors and Pink Floyd. This that's... is the end. <laughs> Beautiful friend. That, everyone took that as it's time to go to another fraternity house I know. right now. We really did bring our own tape to parties because you guys sucked so bad at Especially music. Especially our house because we want to play music we wanted to hear. I know. And so we would get into your closet. Or usually someone would help us. But I remember being like, okay, switch this out, put this in, and then we'd be happy. Yeah. All right. So anyways. So, girls. So I started watching this show, and I started watching from the very first episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of freaking out. It's a well-done show. It's well-written. I think I'll probably still watch it. 
Um, but the fact that my oldest is about to turn 10 and these girls are in their young 20s and it's a lot about sex okay. and sexual experiences and they talk about abortion. I mean, it's a heavy show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I wanted to talk. I, I reserve talking to you about this so we can have an authentic conversation on, on this show. Okay. But I felt like a really old man because some of the girl, some of the things that these girls have to go through and it's about, you know, their, the relationships they have with these boys and how uh, it's just a very scary thing as a father of three daughters to think that my three girls are eventually going to have to deal with a lot of these issues and it talks about STDs and, and you know, this is nothing new and I want to be cautious of the audience and not like... Um, you know, get, get in depth, get into too the show. in depth into it. Well, but I just, I'm freaking out. A my little question bit. is, is how are the men? Um, the one guy in is they, they, the one guy is kind of too sensitive and too nice, and they don't like him because right, he's that. Right. And then the other guy is completely demeaning mm-hmm. to his sexual partner, mm-hmm. like really raunchy, mm-hmm. bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my god. And I think that you know, like. Th- the things that happen on the show, I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. And, I well, and I think it's more commonplace now. Like, I'm an old guy now. And it's more commonplace to see the openness and the discussion. Like, I don't know. It's I don't know if I'm going to... Well, I guess my first comment, there I have so many things to say, because I've seen the show too, is, is that true? Are things really different now? Um, I think they are. Well, see, it, and, and maybe they are. Like, I'm not. I'm not 22. I'm 41. But like sexting and all that stuff. There's so many yes. different things. Technology comes into play, and there's no way that we can know. But like, I. It just depends on where you are. It depends on your experience with your family. It depends on your experience with your friends. And I say that because where I went to school, where I grew up, um, I was seeing lots of sexual things very early. Mm-hmm. You know, people that I knew very well were having experiences that I think were way too early and people were smoking and drinking very early. And and then I talked to people who lived at different places like you right. where you're like, oh my gosh, that was not happening at all. Right. So we have to balance. Like, So whereas things like that were happening in middle school when mm-hmm. I was a kid, a lot of people I talked to that didn't happen until high school or mm-hmm. college and so I think it's the same when we watch these shows is we it's we look at it and we say, Oh my gosh, that's how the world is now. Not everywhere. Right. And just yeah, because I know it's an extreme it's an extreme. And I'm not saying that those experiences haven't happened to a girl we know or aren't happening to girls we know who are that age, but not every single one of them in succession. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like it's maybe, a half hour show and yes. they, they put it into one little twenty two minute or thirty minute episode. So maybe you go through an experience where you do have a demeaning boyfriend so you can relate to that. But the next week you're not then you know, having the next awful experience. And maybe some are, but I think we have to, you know, it's kind of like with Sex and the City, because that was my generation, you know, in my 30s. Was everybody doing what these women were doing? No, but maybe they could relate to this story or this story, and you kind of pick and choose. And, but if someone who was very, I'll just use the word prudish, watching that show being like, oh, these women and Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're this and they're that. No, not all of them are, but they're demonstrating a different it's not really a subculture. They're just demonstrating some truth mm-hmm. um, that some of these things do happen and that many people can relate. Well, it's just so funny because um, what's the what's the STD that's, I mean, there's plenty. HPV? HPV. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the that's one right. got it. And that's a big one because yeah. doesn't that like set you up for possibly having cancer? 
it is it, it there's an increase statistically mm-hmm. it there's an increase where they have to watch it very closely and that's very common in in our generation and guy, as well. I'm so ignorant mm-hmm. and cuz guys carry it but they don't know they have it mm-hmm. and it it made me want to make sure that I have a hard time saying this, but when my daughters become sexually active, whether it's when they're 30 years old or 15 years old, mm-hmm. man, these they gotta have they gotta have a condom. These yeah. girls have yeah. to make sure their partners. Well, and, it's just crazy. And this is the discussion. This is why we talk about the things we do on this show. You can't pretend that these things aren't happening. Maybe not everyone in their 20s in New York and Chicago. It's 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 not exactly like girls, but there's pieces of it mm-hmm. that those are the kind of things our our children may be surrounded by or they may see it. So they've got to have enough information, access to information and ability to communicate with people they trust right. so they can make choices. Are all their choices going to be great? No. Right. But can they make those kind of choices? Can they make the cho- the kind of choices like you and I grew up in or we were in our 20s or our late teens or whatever when AIDS was huge and it switched everybody's mind as far as you know what we how we needed to take care of ourselves and choices we needed to make um and to say okay now because we have this information everyone is going to abstain is is ignorant well but you can say here's information so you can make better choices well it's funny you talk about HIV and how that freaked everybody out but now all we see is Magic Johnson seems fine right and we have a friend Kim who does this and she's like it's almost a treatable disease now in this country it is a treatable disease not almost and it's funny how I I don't know I think uh, people probably are not as concerned about Mm -hmm. it because of it and well it's it's not a death sentence anymore but that's just one. I mean, there's a million different things. And, and, I don't and before know. our time, it was you know way back when it was syphilis, and then there was gonorrhea, right. and then there was you know any kind of. They're all out there. It's right. the same information, different time. Right. And and the thing is, is is what I believe we're evolving into is a time where it's not that I want my girls to come home and tell me every single thing they're experiencing and they're going on, but I want them to know if they're struggling with something, they can let me know if they're interested in something, if they need more information about something, that that's a discussion we can have and that it's not going to be, they're not going to be judged and lectured. I mean, they, an open discussion means I may get to share my opinion about it, but it's in the end, always in the end it's going to be their decision right because guess what we can't be there well what's interesting is and i'm talking to the fathers here um we our oldest daughter is you know very slowly taking an interest in boys in a way that they she never has but boys have always been like playmates before and now there's like a there's a shifting there's a shifting going on (laughs) and as a dad i would love to say i'm so evolved that i don't think about what that is what the future is going to bring to my daughter Mm -hmm. but it's important right now in this moment as she's starting to say oh i like this boy i don't don't like that boy that initially makes me uncomfortable of course and it makes me not want to talk about it it makes me want to withdraw but i have lately broken through that discomfort Mm -hmm. and said oh i heard that this boy gave you a valentine or something like that and i'm admitting that I kind of freak out when I'm asking her about it. Mm-hmm. But to my surprise, she's very open with yes. me about it. She wants to tell you. And I kind of freaked out. And I said, oh, well, how did that make you feel? And she says, it made me feel great. Yeah. And I just felt so great for asking her because if I don't ask her now when she's in seventh grade or freshman year of high school, she's not going to want to talk. And she may not want to talk, talk to me at that time anyways. Mm-hmm. But the only way that's possible that she might talk to me about this in high school is if I start talking to her in these small 
you know, miniaturized mm-hmm. versions of these discussions now. And fathers just freak out. I know. I, I freak out. And the, and the important thing with these discussions around things like boys when our kids are young, because this is true with boys, you know, with sons who are liking girls too, is you and I don't have any motivation in it. I mean, I don't care if she likes boys or if she doesn't like boys, and I don't care what boys she likes or whatever. Like, we're not like, hey, who do you like? And yeah. tell me about... We don't, yeah, you don't care. That's the we. I'm not that, invested. That's right, like that's last the week's. we. Right. I'm not invested in it. I'm just invested in her. Mm-hmm. So if she's talking about somebody, I'm going to listen. I'm not, like, concerned mm-hmm. or, like, wanting her to... And so we have to balance because I know that I grew up with some people where their moms were very invested in my daughter needs to have a boyfriend or who does my daughter like or who, you know, there was like, it was that enmeshment piece. Mm, right. There was too much investment or too much caring about it. Right. Or the other extreme is pretend it's not happening at all. Right. Which then you're, you're slowly separating from your children because right. sorry, these things are going to happen. This is normal development. Right. And so it's like kind of a, again, I get visuals with this, but a space between Whatever you do, we trust you. But mm-hmm. let's have this conversation. Right. You know, in the end, things are your decision. But how is this going? Right. How do you feel about this? You know, like you said, does this make you feel good? Does what you know that kind of discussion? Well, and I, I'm, I'm repeating myself. But when she, when I asked her how it felt when this boy gave her a Valentine, and she admitted to her father that it made, that she was excited. Yeah, like I was blown away. Like, yeah. I, not that. I just the fact that she was open enough with me to mm-hmm. to say that to mm-hmm. me, like, and there's a part of me like, oh, this is your mom's territory and all that. Like, there's the back of right, my mind. Right, that's like, your old, that's the old that's story, the old pattern. Mm-hmm. And if I, I just hope I have the strength and the courage to continue these conversations because the older they get the more intense they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of easy now because it's just a Valentine. It's, it's, it's harmless. But this is how they learn how to relate to the opposite it sex is. It right is. now. And this is how they learn whether or not their parents get it. Yes. Meaning, not get it like, do they get romance? Do they get why I like this boy? But just... Are they open to discussing this? Is this actually a conversation I can have with my dad? Right. Like you said, she's not going to tell you everything, but can she actually share with you? Because then guess what? When she is older and something does scare her or worry her or concern her, she can actually say, Dad, because you have said to you said to her a while ago in the car, you know, I am a boy. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have questions about boys or what they're thinking, you, you know, talk to me because I can help. Well, that's such a weird thing because instantly I go into caveman mode and I think of what high school boys are right and i'm talking fourth grade level i'm not talking yeah no i know and that's just tricky because that is true i do know the way boys think because i was once 14 and my hormones were raging right and i don't know i just hope that i can continue to be a resource and um you know my heart goes out to single parents out there because the fact that you and i can go back and forth back and forth on this well and remember things that have to do with boy girl relationships or just this you know growing up process it's not just about the relationship itself if you are teaching your children to trust themselves in other areas of their life if you are supporting them and communicating with them about other aspects of their life if you are allowing them to make choices about their clothes and about things they're interested in and you know what they want to do and giving them a little freedom here and there then that goes into the bigger things like romance and boyfriends if they know that they have a head on their shoulders and that you meaning i think all of our children do they're all geniuses in their own way but if they know that we believe in them Mm -hmm. and they've they have gotten the freedom to make choices on their own and they they've learned to trust themselves that goes into this process of boy girl or girl girl or boy boy you know you know there's this world changes for many kids you know whatever the relationship is it goes into it and i just think we need to um understand that it's not we don't just need to focus on 
you know, um, attraction to someone. Right. That when you're talking to JC about the things she enjoys or making sure that she takes care of herself or making sure that she listens to her body or listens to what feels right, that's playing a role in her ability to handle herself and to make good choices right. with the opposite sex or with someone she's attracted to. Right. So, I don't know. Very That's, good. Okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about our second partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Okay. And then we're going to go right into the interview with uh, Dr. So technology Kelly. we'll talk about next week. Yeah, screen time we'll talk about next okay. week. Okay. If I still feel like well, it. Well, that's a big topic, too. I'm kind of glad we're going to wait. Well, yeah, the, the teaser is I'm kind of, I'm getting, they're wearing me down. And what They ask so many times, I want to play on the iPad, and there's some educational stuff on there. And we don't, we can't afford to get into it right now. But I'm kind of well. Can I give an A and a and a, a C to something? Quickly. A brain pop. C. What's Minecraft? What is going on with that game? I have no idea. But our daughter plays Minecraft, and I don't get it. I don't get it. I know every lots of kids play it, and I know everyone's probably heard of it. But you and I have watched, and she's shown us things, and I'm like, really? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand the fascination. Okay. Anyway. So Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are our chiropractors. Dr. Kelly's amazing. She is doing a. Uh, food intolerance testing at her office on Saturday, March 16th. So that's not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday. That's right. So check her out. And um, they are, uh, their phone number is 630-941-8733, chirotree.com, healthy families by choice. Not by chance. All right, so let's turn it over Wait, to... Not, not yet. One more thing. Sure. Oh, the t-shirts. Uh, we got new t-shirts. We got So you guys know that we had t-shirts before they were blue, and they said, um, I listen, and the kids' shirt said, my parents listen, and then it said Zen Parenting Radio on the back. We have new shirts. They're red by Todd's Choice. That's right. And the front says, free yourself, and um, it says Zen Parenting on the back, and the kids' shirt says, I'm free. That's right. And free yourself, it could be a whole, another 30 minutes, but basically, open your mind, free yourself of old patterns that maybe you don't need allow your children to you know free yourself of worry and anxiety and parent from a way that feels right to you that's where we came up with free yourself and we'll post some pictures yes we will so healthy families by choice not by chance not by chance (laughs) okay so now we have uh my dentist your dentist also my dentist um, John Kelly, who's a friend of mine, who actually we played baseball together yeah quick quick story because I like to tell stories (laughs) My dad was the coach, and we used to lose to this team. And you're what? How old are you? I'm 40. You're 40. 44. 44. So you guys were on the same team? Yeah. That's the story. <laughs> okay. Because my dad was very lenient with his rules. Your dad? And he got my older brother and John to yeah. play uh, in a very important baseball game. Oh, boy. And I don't even know if we won or we lost. Oh, we crushed him. Did we? We crushed him. <laughs> no, I think was, that, I... was that cheating? Yes. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely cheating. <laughs> So thanks, Dad. We we won the thrill of victory, but it was empty because I don't. Was, we made it was a good got, game. I had a yeah. You Well, yeah. Look at this guy. He's playing against like he was fourteen. He was playing against ten year olds or whatever it was. So, anyways, all right. So he is here because he came up with something called he came up with AAPMD. I have no idea what that is. I mean, I do now because we talked a little bit right. about it. What is AAPMD? It's um a group uh, multidisciplinary disciplinary group. Um, it started out in New York, and it's uh, a group of dentists, physicians, physical therapists, where we're trying to bridge the gap between what we know, and then also introduce that all to the public so that we can take care of people in more integrative uh, health. Okay, so... so- can I ask you a quick yeah, question? Sure. Go ahead. Did you guys come together for a specific reason? Like, was there one thing that you were focused on, and then you came together, or was it like let's let's help people not go to all these different appointments and just 
Right. It, it's a, it's, so the, the AAPMD stands for the Associ- American Association of uh, Physiologic Medicine and Dentistry. Okay. And the founders um, have an airway-focused practice. Gotcha. Okay. And they also ha- work with physicians and physical therapists that focus on airway as a central uh, causal factor in how children develop and how adults then have other issues that they were dealing with since they were kids. Got it. So it's airway focus. So okay. when, when you introduced this idea to me, I said, how does this relate to our audience? And you said, well, is it most of your audience parents of young children? Right. And I said, yes. And I said, okay, tell me more about it. So can you give us any perspective on you know, how this relates to somebody? Like, How do you even know if somebody has a problem with airway stuff? Well, there's a, a couple of things you can take a look at. A lot of the kids um, either have, for sleeping anyways, some of them will snore. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not even snore. They may just uh, have really crackly noises when they're breathing. Uh, then take that to the daytime. Some of the kids will uh, be hyperactive. Mm-hmm. They'll be, or they won't be hyperactive. They'll be more lethargic. Mm-hmm. They'll have a hard time focusing. Uh, they have a hard time dealing with peer groups. So it's it's kind of like extremes. It may not be. It's like an extreme. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the sleeping thing makes sense to me because you can sit there and listen to see if it sounds normally. But there's hyperactive kids everywhere. Right. So what are the odds of a hyperactive kid having a problem with this airway thing? A lot. Really? Yeah. They just did a – they had a – there's a whole bunch of articles and literature on it. But the, one of the biggest ones that came out last year – they studied 11,000 children over a period of six years, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. You don't usually get that kind of a study or that many, many kids. And of, the, of those 11,000, um, any one of them that had a airway or sleep disorder breathing problem had all of those issues. Hmm. Wow. And, and so that was hyperactive or they had problems concentrating and they had these peer group problems. And then they also were saying that those problems, 40 to 100% of them, were manifested by the age of seven. Mm. Hmm. So I think I asked you this before, Dr. Kelly, but are these symptoms a result of the sleep deprivation, or is it... Some, or is the sleep, the sleep deprivation comes from the airway issue as well? Like, what's causing those It becomes problems? most of it's because of, um, well, I, I shouldn't say most of it, but some of it is uh, because of the airway issues. Okay. So if the kids uh, have enlarged tonsils and adenoids but aren't recognized, they, f- they can figure out a way to get around it. And as most kids do, they're going to figure out a way, and their body's going to figure out a way to do it, just like as an adult – if somebody put a bag over your head, you're going to figure a way how to get that bag off, mm-hmm. poke a hole or something. So they're adapting to their environment, and they start then having their mouths open. Mm-hmm. They're tired all day, mm-hmm. but they're functioning. Right. But they can be hyperactive, and some of their nervous systems kick in. Gets thrown off. So mm-hmm. what's cool about this is it, a lot of times when our kids have issues, um, you have to go to five different doctors, and you don't know which one to trust. But I think what you're right. saying is that this whole AAPMD, it's basically you're getting a team out on the right. outset. Right. So and that's why it's valuable as a parent that if you do pick up on some of these symptoms, that there is a place that you can go as a resource. Right. And that's what we're trying to provide to the, the public is there's a lot of people out there that um, have questions, and they don't know what 
questions even to ask some of their healthcare providers, and we are trying to help some of the healthcare providers answer those questions or be able to answer those questions instead of just putting somebody on a pill or uh, treating them for something that they're, they're not recognizing. Right. Just like the surfacy, like right. band-aiding the problem. Well, that's an effect. You're, mm-hmm. you're treating the effect and trying to, instead of finding the cause. And if we're all looking at it the same perspective, mm-hmm. that'll help out. Well, what's cool about this is that if you, let's just say, you know, we, we study our kid when she's sleeping. Let's say it's Skylar. I'm just making mm-hmm. this up. And all of a sudden we realize, hey, her sleeping is a little more um, labored, or snoring, and then all of a sudden we look at some of these other ideas that you have and realize, okay, this is something that we feel like we should address. How do we address it? What do you do? How do you, is there a website or? Well, we do have a website. It's uh, aapmd.org. Okay. Um, There's a lot of information on there, a lot of research studies. Um, There's also some of the members' blog about what they're doing. Um, And then you can take some of that information that the that you're looking at, the parents can, and then present it to their physicians, present it to their dentists, present it to their um, kids who are in physical therapy for other issues, um, and see if that resonates with them. And if it doesn't, ask them, well, why, what, what else is going on? Why is this information coming out? And look at all the research that's backed up by mm-hmm. it. So um, one reason why we were concerned about having you on and, and you addressed these concerns was we don't, we're, we're not a big fans of getting parents, our listeners, riled up and worrying about something right. that doesn't need to be worried about. Would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, well, we're trying to give There's other, enough out there. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're trying to, like, calm nerves rather than raise nerves. But as you and I discussed it, um, this is actually could be a potential solution to a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the answer for everybody, but we thought it was at least, again, information. It's right. just information. All right, we're just, that's all I'm trying to do. We're trying to just make people more aware of what's going on. Right. And what I used, I've treated a lot of adults, mm-hmm. and I kept finding all these adults with a lot of problems. And I said, you know, if I could help out the kids a little bit earlier... Mm-hmm then a lot of these adults wouldn't have the problems I'm having to deal with later. Right. That's right. That's what we kind of talk about on Zen Parenting Radio. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yes. Address the issue Address the issue as early, early as possible. Right. So on your cheat sheet you gave to me, are there any warning signs that may be indicative of a compromised airway? Is that what you already talked about, well, the snoring thing? Snoring. And, um, some kids will clench or grind their teeth a lot. Uh-oh. Mm. We got a we, we got, got a grinder. We got one or two grinders, don't no, we? Just, just Skylar? Yeah. No, Jace. Skylar does it too. Really? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, depending upon which research you're looking at, sometimes the clenching and grinding is a compensa- compensation for what they're doing to keep their airway open. Because when you clench, you're firing all these muscles to open ah, your airway up. Sometimes it also has to do with your ears being congested. Mm. And okay. that opens up the eustachian tube. So that's a, that's an indicator. Um, snoring, for sure, is one. Um, the... Uh, I guess just uh, if they do get tested, they're going to find out that they have sleep apnea. So, so there's a seminar coming up in Chicago, yeah. March 8th, March 9th, March 9th. We'll give you the, that information in a second, or we'll put it on our site. But what are some of the things that they do to test it, uh, like when they go to the seminar thing? Well, well, there's two events. We're having one on the 8th, which is a Friday in March, and that's more of a screening. That's for public uh, to, to show up. Uh, there's going to have refreshments and everything there, too. There should be some media um, but wh- where is it, Dr. Kelly? It's down at uh, Casbier Hall. It's 25 East Pearson. It's at the Loyola uh, Law School area. Got it. Down on, I think it's more like uh, Michigan, Chicago area. Okay. Yeah. And um, the th- that event is like 
uh, from 10 to 5. And we're going to ask, when they just come in, a few, like, five basic questions. And from those questions, there's going to be physicians and dentists from Chicago and across the country that are at the top of their field. Mm -hmm. And they're going to either be broken off into groups, whether they're children or adults. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's going to see if it is a sleep problem or if it's something else that's going on as far as airway issues or some compensation that they're doing. And does this cost money? No, this is free. Free screen. All free. Okay. Well, what's cool about this is, you know, ho- hopefully some of our listeners will take advantage of this if they know that, that there is a reason why they might want to do it. But, you know, maybe a year goes down the road and you something clicks in your brain. Maybe you'll remember listening to this and say, oh, wait, there is a place that I can go to to um, explore this idea. Of, it's a resource. It's mm-hmm. a resource because what's funny is we talk about breathing all the time and not mm-hmm. in the breathing that Dr. Kelly's talking about, just, but just the importance of focusing on your breath and how really what he's bringing to us is connected to what we teach what, what we, we teach all the about. time which well, is you guys talk well i talk about it just biofeedback right yeah well it, a little bit a no little, no I mean, no it's no. much more <laughs> hokey dokey yeah than we that. don't do the actual biofeedback like what you're what you're talking about but we focus on how important having a full breath is how important being conscious of your breath is so it's really the baseline well, that's mm-hmm. a, that's good though yeah. i mean that's yeah. really where it starts yeah right? exactly well, and it's more, you know, from we talk about meditation and yoga and, mm-hmm. you know, how mm-hmm. the breath is really the beginning and the end of everything that we do, and we tend to focus on other things. So, um, so anyways, if, what else do you want us to know about this, if anything? Is there anything that you really feel like we should cover that we haven't covered? I, I think for your audience, it's more, um, like you said, it was a resource. So if you, they had any questions about what they can ask their own physicians and dentists and other professionals, uh, that would be something for them to have a conversation with uh, about the website. And if they had an opportunity to come on down, take advantage of these other professionals that are coming in for the uh, professional event on the next day, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that the public's welcome to that, too. It gets very technical. Mm-hmm. But um, you may glean a couple things There's gonna from that. There's going to be a sleep specialist, a orthodontist. Mm-hmm. And then a brain development uh, physician. So. Some people like that stuff. I know. So, uh, again, the events are Friday, March 8th. 8th for the public free screening. Public screening, that's 10 to 5. Right. And then Saturday, March 9th. It's all day from 8 to 5 in the same um, same place. Same place, Casbury Hall. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we're going to keep you on for the very end of the show, so hang with us. We want to talk about our third and final partner. Avid Company. Okay. They do painting and remodeling and rehabbing all over the Chicagoland area. You, you, are you doing any home projects? Do you need anybody? I just got a new roof. I'm okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you do... We uh, could have recommended someone. Call yeah, our, okay. our buddy Jeremy, who owns Avid Company. They do a wonderful job. 630-956-1800. And their website is avidco.net. Um, and then turn them in a bat. Uh-oh. And uh, Dr. Kelly, since you don't listen to the show as much as you should. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I do something called Tournament of Bad, which is basically an everyday annoyance that it's just my release of fres- letting out my frustration about okay. something. And sometimes it's about ketchup and how they don't serve ketchup <laughs> in the right way at home but or at the restaurant. But what I'm talking about today is um, what was... I had a few different ideas. You forgot. No, 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 no. I have... Um, oh, book jackets. The girls get these books... And they're really nice books, and they have the outside book jackets. Mm -hmm. And then you undo the book jacket, and it's the same exact picture underneath it, but it's the actual hardcover. 
what's the point of the book jacket? Um, I think it's protection. I'm sorry, I'm playing with the microphone. I think it's protection for the book. You and I just we just take them off. I know, but why do they have it on there? It's Isn't a waste. waste it's uh, a waste, it's a waste of, of paper. paper. It's a waste of paper. It's marketing. You know, I was thinking about that. We were at the record store the other day for Jer's uh, yeah. record release party, and I was looking at the albums. Like it was a record store that had like true records, and I was thinking about how much paper mm-hmm. used to be used, like a huge album. Then you remember there was a sleeve inside. Yeah. So your point is well taken. But I do have a girlfriend who keeps all of her sleeves and keeps them on. She the, sounds like she's a very organized person. She's very organized. Who is it? Um, well, I don't think I'm going to do that, but she. She's a good friend. You can tell me. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> you won't let anybody know? Um, get rid of the book jackets. Okay. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Got it. And then my other, because we just got our teeth cleaned, I was thinking of my, my dentist stories. And Dr. Blecka, from when I was like five years old, <laughs> had these sausage fingers, <laughs> and he never wore gloves. And I just was disgusted by that And idea. we're just glad that they have to wear gloves <laughs> right. now, right, Dr. Yes. Kelly? Yes, they are. That's okay. right. <laughs> I guess maybe unless you're in Iowa. That's right. We, we, just, <laughs> we know some stories where they don't wear gloves, yeah, but that's a different time gonna, and place. We're not going to throw those people under no, the bus just not. yet. So um, do you have any everyday annoyances that you want to get off your chest, no. sweetie? No, I'm just glad my teeth are clean. They feel good. Um, last but not least, I'm glad mm-hmm. I remembered. Um, we have a lot of listeners here. Your office is located in Edgebrook, which right. is on the northwest side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I've known John for a long time. He's an awesome dad. Dentist. Great. And if you are on the northwest side of Chicago, if you live close by, or even if you don't, we come from Elmhurst. Mm-hmm. That's how good he is. <laughs> we drive. We right. drive. We get on the freeway. 20 minute drive to go see him. So, what's your phone number just in case somebody wants to get a new teeth cleaning? Oh, uh, my phone number is 773 631 6844. And I have a website. Oh, nice. It's uh, chicago And there's a lot of information about me on there, too. Awesome. So I give him my full Zen Parenting Radio endorsement. endorsement. Yay. Anything else you got? That's it. Dr. Kelly, say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank, Thank you. you. Dr. Thank Kelly. you. Bye bye. Bye bye.